This is a broadcast of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Working Woman Radio Show, where we have real conversations about the unique issues working women face. I am your host, Deanna Johnson Coffin. Before I introduce the topic and my guest for today's podcast, I want to tell you about a new talk show that my daughter, Adriana, and I are hosting on YouTube. It's called Elevate. And we created the show because our family loves living life together, and we wanted to share some of those experiences with you in order to inspire and encourage you to live your best life, too. We'll be talking about ways to elevate your finances, your food and cooking, your fashion, your health, be it your physical health or your mental health, your home decor, and much, much more. Expect to see great interviews and uh, with local and regional people who are making a difference in the community. There'll be a little bit of product reviews and some chit-chat about celebrities and the latest trending topics. We'll also be traveling around the metro Atlanta area and beyond, taking live Lots of pitches, shooting a little bit of film, uh, and sharing some fun segments about the local culture uh, with you. The great thing about our show is that there's pretty much something for everybody, young and old, women and men. So it's going to be just great entertainment for the whole family. You can find us on YouTube on Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. So please take a moment to check out our program and to subscribe to our channel. I'll include a link uh, of the Elevate show on the show notes of this episode. So don't forget to scroll down and check that out. Also, if you live in DeKalb County, Georgia, you'll be able to listen to the episodes on Comcast Channel 25. Now that that little bit of business has been taken care of, let me introduce my guest for today's show. Elizabeth Omalami is the daughter of civil rights leader Hosea Williams and Georgia State Representative Juanita Williams. After graduating college, Elizabeth created the People's Survival Theater, producing a season of five shows per year. When her husband, Afimo Omalami, received a scholarship to New York University, Ms. Omalami continued to direct and act while helping to support her family as an arts administrator and executive assistant in New York City. Upon her father's passing in 2000, Ms. Omalami became the CEO of the Hosea Feed the Hungry and Homeless organization and expanded the organization from a budget of $200,000 to over $1.5 million. Ms. Omalami works to provide programs that will meet the basic needs of the working poor and homeless. Well, Ms. Omalami, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here today. I know you've got lots and lots of things going on, so I'm just thrilled that I get to talk to you a little bit about what you're doing and what your organization is doing. So let's just start from the top. Um, you are the daughter of civil rights uh, icon Hosea Williams, um, and your mother is Juanita Williams. Um, she was a state representative. Can you share with my audience um, about what it was like to grow up in a household um, with the, with activists and how that paved the way for you to do what you're doing now? Okay, yes, Deanna, thank you so much for having me on today. Yes. I always like to speak, to speak with uh, brilliant uh, young black women, <laughs> and you're certainly one oh. that uh, I would oh. be glad to give my time to. That's terrific. Um, yeah, I uh, actually grew up in Savannah, Georgia, uh -huh. uh, saw a cross uh -huh. burn in my yard, full yes. flame, 
uh, at five years old. Oh my. Um, uh, my father was uh, a chemist. Yes. He was the first chemist to be hired by the United States government, the De Department of Agriculture. Wow. And um, he quit his job mm -hmm. uh, and, and started a movement. It started wow. immediately without any training. Wow. You know, without any knowledge of exactly what to do, uh -huh. but to try to go after what was right. And we started marching. I went to jail the first time when I was nine years old. Oh my goodness. Wow. First time they had us out there marching. Wow. And singing songs and and wow. I remember Savannah we all we had to eat that day was bologna sandwiches. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. Good old bologna sandwiches. <laughs> wow. But that's amazing. So and you were holding on to the bars. Yes. Really? So you have literally grown up in the movement. Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Wow. Uh, inside as inside as you can get. I see. Civil rights movement from from the age of, of four or five years old. Wow, that's amazing. So now, um, let's talk a little bit about um your your organization, the organization that originally started with your father. He started it back. Uh, well, Hosea Feed Williams Feed the Hungry and Homeless back in 1971. Um, and since his death, you have taken over as the CEO. Is that correct? Correct. He passed away in 2000, actually right after Martin Luther King was killed. Right. The staff was torn apart. They didn't know what to do. Uh, they, they, they wanted to follow Ralph Abernathy and he didn't know if he wanted to, you know, do that. It so much went on and too much to tell here. Wow, wow. Walking down Auburn Avenue, my dad saw a homeless man eating out of a trash can. Mm. And, you know, Auburn Avenue was Atlanta's Tulsa, white, uh, Definitely. Uh, uh, Tulsa's, uh, Wall yes. Street. That's we right. had all our black businesses there. And he asked the man why in Atlanta, Georgia, with all this black money and all this prosperity, are you eating out of a garbage can? What did you do? Wow. The man said he hadn't eaten in three days. Oh. And so my father, Jose Williams, was a man of action. He Definitely. was not a man of committees and yes. yes he immediately took him into the yasim's fish that's still there today yes it is. A fish sandwich and the man was so hungry that he ate through the paper oh my he ate through the paper to get to the food wow and so the next day we were feeding homeless people out of the uh, educational building at we street baptist church that mm -hmm. was 1970 Yes. We had our 50th Thanksgiving dinner yeah. uh, last year. And, right. But when he passed in 2000 and I took over, we grew. Yes. The organization expanded to a year-round yes. you know, spiral of life. Sure, sure. And every round gets higher and higher. Wow. So now we are the largest uh, female-run yes. African-American food bank yes. in this region. And wow. we have a lot of other programs as well. That's amazing. So now you've uh, helped me segue into my next question um, about what you guys are doing to, um, you know, uh, um, to better the lives of needy people in Metro Atlanta. You just mentioned a little bit of that just now. Um, and so let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, well, so you're, you're, you are doing a year round program as opposed to just once or twice a year, like your father was doing. Um, so how, um, has the mission of the organization 
Uh, how has it changed? Uh, obviously, that was one of the big changes. But what other things are you doing to, uh, that your father didn't do? How has the mission changed or has the mission changed? Well, I, I think that people think that we are primarily focused on you have to be homeless. Right. Exactly. Get our services. And right. that is, in fact, a pivot that we did uh, uh, several years ago. Because once you get a homeless person sitting at your desk in front of you, yeah. they start talking about they need medical, they need clothing, the man, I need a job, I need, sure. I need somewhere to stay. Sure. But then they start talking about their families. Wow. And it turns out that working with families in a community helps to stabilize not just that family, but uh, the extended family and the whole community. Wow. So now we work with families to mm -hmm. provide, uh, make sure that we prevent homelessness. Yes. If somebody's getting evicted or mm -hmm. their mortgage is due and they can't pay, they're behind, we catch up uh, those payments and make sure we keep them in wow. that home or apartment. Wow. We also provide, um, of course, all for, there's this uh, scientist named Maslow. Yeah. And he created this human needs triangle. Yes. And I want your listeners to go and look that up, M-A-S-L-O-W. Yes. But at the very central of it is meeting the human needs, the food, yes. the clothing, the medical care. We provide all of that. We work with Dr. Frank Jones at the Morehouse School of Medicine. Wow. We also provide um, children with what they need for school, oh, wow. uh, school supplies as mm -hmm. well. And we want to move more because I believe our children were really hurt by COVID. Definitely. Uh, we want to move into tutoring Definitely. Uh, in this coming year to help them catch up. Wow. And we um, uh, don't have our own apartments yet, mm -hmm. but we do referrals to wow. people like Mercy uh, Housing and, and other places for housing. So mm -hmm. wow. we've got to meet as many of the basic needs of the working poor. And they That's say that awesome. if you spend 50% or more of your rent yes of your yes. income on just rent yes you're living as a poor person wow and that is so amazing that's a lot of people that we know <laughs> a lot of people fall under that category and you know what it sounds like to me as i hear you speak of all the various different needs that uh, your organization is meeting it sounds very holistic um, you got, you're touching on the whole person. It's not just, you know, this little thing over there, we're going to give you a bag of food and send you home or wherever, but you, you're touching on the emotional, the spiritual, the physical. I love it. I, and I think that's what, I think more ministries need to do that kind of thing because the needs are, they go deep. You know what I mean? Yes. And the food is just the carrot to exactly. get in the building. Death, that's so right. once they get in the building and the case managers do an individual, what we call the ISP, yes. individual service plan on yes. each family yes. and, you know, try the, the best that we can. Of yes. course, we have to have the cooperation and the resources. Yes. That's where the fundraising comes in. Yes. Because it costs a lot of money. It costs $35,000 a year just to keep a homeless person in a bed in a shelter. Oh my Much God. less uh, a whole family of four yes, yes. Uh, uh, stable with the with what they yeah. need to go to the next level. Yeah, and so I, I would say that what we are moving toward yes. at Hosea Helps and our website 
is number four, H-O-S-E-A dot O-R-G. Yes, yes. Is more holistic care. Being able to provide more for these families. Mm. Being able to provide mental health definitely families and work with organizations that do counseling and encourage them to forget the stigma of mental health go in and talk to somebody definitely uh, with all the stress that we have in our lives today mental health is going to be huge it's huge wow and so um with all that you do it sounds like you um you you have a fairly large staff or you or, or at least you need to have that and i guess that's like you said what the money's for yeah 25 people on wow. our staff and we we could use uh 35 oh my goodness you know we yeah. could ser- seriously because when we're out there yeah. we have a program called hosea on the move uh-huh. And many people will not come out of their uh, neighborhoods, especially our Latino yes. population, to oh, wow. get services. Wow. Because then people start asking them for ID. That's true. That makes them nervous. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get, and so we pack up our truck. We pack up our case managers. They have their tablets. Wow. We pack up our resources, whether it's toiletries or clothing, and we pull up into an apartment complex. At wow. seven or eight in the morning, and we stay there all day, and we can serve fifteen hundred families in one day. Wow! Uh, with impressive. the logistics that we've developed over the years, yes. So it's not just sitting there waiting for people to come to come us. to you, right? Going out into the community, and that's where COVID really hurt us. Yes, because we were unable. I'm the touchy feely, sure, right, 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 face to face. Yeah, I want to see these families for healthy. I don't want to see numbers on a piece of paper. I want you to tell me about Miss Jones and Miss Suarez, etc. We've been unable to do that. Yeah, and so we're just biting at the bit to get the opportunity. But we stayed open all during COVID. We never shut down. Oh wow! Served. 48,000 families Ugh. from March yes. of 2020 right. till the first quarter of 2021. Wow. And we distributed over $2 million in rent assistance and utility assistance. That's amazing. Uh, and if this was even with the money, stimulus yes. money coming from D.C. People weren't getting it in time. They were yeah, yeah. out. So yeah. we have numbers but what the people need someone to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so are you guys, are, are y'all able to move back into the community and do more face-to-face stuff now as the numbers, as you know, the vaccine has gotten out there and the numbers are, I think, starting to at least stabilize. Have y'all been able to move back into some of those face-to-face meetings? On- yes, I think right now, I think, one of the main things that we did that was so important, we started a partners program where we started training other nonprofits okay. that are in the larger community how to do what we do. Yes. And yes. so um, that is a program that's funded by Coke, okay. Coca-Cola. So we, through them, we are able to teach and to touch more yes. families. That's we right. have new headquarters that we'll be moving into this month at uh, uh, 2535 Forest Hills Drive, right off of Cleveland Avenue. Oh, and wow. people will be able to see yeah. the people again. Yes. And I think the CDC has said that if you got the vaccine, yes, you can be yes. in small groups. You can. 
So, I mean, that's important yes. to get the vaccine. And yes. I know a lot of us, because yes. of the Tuskegee experience, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, a little scared. Yeah. we're not trying to get the vaccine. Yeah. Yes. I can yeah. keep that thing. Yes. Because if it's going to make you and your family safer sure. in the general population, Sure. Maybe you should get it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, and I'm glad that you spoke to that. Um, you know, I had uh, Commissioner Larry Johnson on several weeks ago, and he spoke to it too. I think, like you said, it is a fear. It tends to be more of a fear in the African American community. But I think it's good that you that that you address that because we want to get past this thing. We want to get past COVID. Yes, we do, and we want to be able to catch up. Yes, because we're playing catch up. Our yes. children are playing catch up. Yeah. In school, from yes. what they what they lacked from uh, in home learning, yeah. our uh, families are playing catch up economically. Those yes. that off yes. jobs yeah. that uh, that have to reestablish themselves, you know. So in order to do that, you need to see somebody that you yeah. can see face to face, absolutely, and you can touch, you can talk you through some resources, absolutely, and and that's why we need to be safe. Yeah, right, and have the vaccine. Yeah, I love that. Now, I want to switch gears on you a little bit. Uh, as you know, recently, uh, Georgia Republican leg legislators passed um, laws restricting that would, in effect, it restrict voting access. Um, what are your thoughts about these actions, and how should we respond to overcome these obstacles? Well, I, I think that we needed to have responded before the bill was passed yeah in a much stronger way but now that the bill is passed yeah we really need to read it and yes. those folks that can read it and understand it yeah. i have not read it but i'm going to read it right um prepare our community for it if you have to now have some id yes to do, you know uh mail in voting right we need to make sure that that that's happening, those of us that speak yeah. to the population. This yeah. whole thing about not feeding people in line is yeah. just and silliness. Yes. I mean, well, I'm, yeah, we're going to feed yeah. people in line. Oh, we always have voter registration. Yes. We do uh, six major events a year. Okay. At those events, wow. that's where we register people to vote. That's excellent. And at these polling places on voting day, yes. we're giving out sandwiches, we're giving out uh, beverages, yes. we're going to keep doing that. Of course, of course. But I don't think that uh, yeah. the, the African-American community or the BIPOC people yes. of color yes. understand how aggressively yes. this uh, uh, yeah. right-wing community is coming yes. at our hard-won yeah. victories. Exactly. And, and I, and I think... Mm -hmm. were laid back yes like, oh well they're not going to take away that right yeah. as, as they're doing it exactly exactly i think so we may have underestimated it we have yeah and we have to get involved civically yes we get to know those congressmen those senators those yes. city council people yes and and Form a little group in yes. your family and assign everybody take turns going to these community development meetings. I love going that. to the meetings that yes. happen at the state legislature. Yes. And, uh, listening to the Zoom calls that come down from Washington. That's Otherwise, right. you know, we're going to be ignorant of yep. activities and we won't know until it's too late. Exactly. So if there was a time for us to get involved, is this now. is it? 
Yeah, I love that. And that leads me to my last question. I have a 19 year old who voted for the first time back in November and very, uh, she's very motivated. Um, And so her and lots of her friends, lots of her college friends voted. Um, So they're motivated now. They, they got involved. They saw that the process um, works, especially, um, you know, um, that as they were able to be a part of it, um, what specific things can these young people do? You know, um, I mean, your father was a young man when he started and so so many of those other people. So what can they do now? I mean, you spoke to that a little bit just a minute ago, but, um, I'm just wondering how can we get our young people involved? I think that other than listening and, you know, they're the best on the, on the internet. Yeah, with some of these organizations like Hosea Helps. Yes. And volunteer and say, I'll be the person in charge of political engagement at your organization. Every week there is a black leadership meeting on Zoom that's held by Nancy Flake Johnson at the National Urban League. Get involved with the Urban League, the NAACP. Yes, you're right. Uh, And Woodall over there is a great young pastor to be involved with. Yeah. So uh, uh, do your research, yeah. read, yeah. and also I, I encourage young people to do letter writing campaigns. Really? You find an issue and you've got a thousand followers or yes. five, all of y'all write a letter to this senator or that congressman or yeah. that city and let them know because every letter yes. that comes into a politician, they count it seven. Really? So every letter is seven people. Really? So they get a big stack of letters on their desk. They yes. are going to pay attention to whatever the issue is. Wow. And of course, vote, but not just vote, but be active with organizations that already exist. Yes. You don't need to recreate the wheel. That's right. Just, we need young people at Hosea Feed the Hungry uh, so badly right now. Oh, yeah, she's, a, she's sharp. She's a... A uh, straight A student at Clayton State University, music major, and on a on a scholarship. Uh, so she's motivated. And she's a super super girl. So I'm just her major. Yeah, she's a she's a music major. She's a please Yeah, so wonderful. She's well, she's, she's ready. Let her know that we have a, we have a young professionals uh, a yeah. group at Hosea. Yes. Uh, and uh, we're reestablishing it. Actually, it was run by Daniel, a young man named Daniel Dickey before, and yeah. then uh, before that by Kim Poma, who not who went on and yes. got you know uh, yeah. in her in her uh, career. Yes. But that group is the group that's going to make sure that Jose feed the hungry. Hosea yeah. helps last the next fifty years. That's as, right. As I said, this is our fiftieth anniversary. Yes. That's right. That's right. So that they you're completely right. eliminate poverty, which I'm all for that. Wow. Let's eliminate homelessness. Let's eliminate poverty in America. Nobody, Amen. you know, everybody living equally. That's that's Amen. great. Yeah, but be, yeah. Until that happens, yeah, we uh, gotta work. We gotta work. Gotta work. And they have to know that their lives are not their own. They have a responsibility wow. to the community. Wow. And they have to be told that and taught that. Yes. That's not something you just- No, 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 no. You're right about that. They And, and to give back, to pay it forward, um, you know, we are blessed to be a blessing. All of that uh, makes mm-hmm. uh, is what we've, 
what we've tried to instill in our children. She's the last of the four um, still still at home. So she, I'm excited for her. I'm excited about these young people who want to get involved. And we're excited about your organization and all that you guys do. Um, I found out so much more even just talking to you today. I'm, I'm, you may see me doing a uh, call in the organization and volunteering yes. myself. Yes, so, we do. Yes, this we is great. Do. We can never have too many volunteers because now we give out, uh, we don't yeah. give out a food, 35 food boxes a week because yes. we have these partners yes. that we train to be who we are. Yes. They come and get a hundred boxes. Oh my. Wow. That's amazing. For Clarkston, Union City, yeah. Riverdale, et cetera. Yeah. So we need to constantly have food available. And yeah. we really want to thank public supermarkets because yeah. they have made a donation of a uh, half a million dollars worth of food to us. Oh, wow, that's amazing. And that is a great partnership with Publix, and we yes. just bless them for it. That's amazing. Well, Miss Omalami, you are a phenomenal woman. I am blessed to talk to you today. Keep doing what you do, you and your staff, and, uh, and, and don't be surprised if you see me and my daughter. All right, look and find me. I'll oh, we'll go around. <laughs> All right, thank you and have a great day. You too. All right, bye-bye. Okay, I'll put that up there. Thank okay. you. Okay, bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. If you haven't done so already, I want to encourage you to subscribe and download episodes of the show by going to www.theworkingwomanradiopodcast.com. You can also find us by visiting the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network and clicking on the Working Woman Radio Show page. For more information about upcoming podcasts and Working Woman Radio Show events, you can go to the Working Woman Radio Show Facebook page and please become a friend. We want to hear your comments. We want you to ask your questions. Uh, we really do want to get feedback and hear from you. So that's all for today, but God bless, and we will see you next time on the Working Woman Radio Show.